I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Welcome to Wrestling with Problems. I'm your host, King David Lane. This is King David Lane. I'm just about every social media platform, so give me like a follow and friend request, and we'll probably turn. I'm joined by my co host, Dubrock, at DROCKBZA on Twitter. Brian Hunter, how's it going? How's it going, King? How's it going, VOC with Wrestling with Problem Nation? Very, very interesting week in wrestling. So, Absolutely. King, uh, go ahead and get to it. Well, before we get into the news, I got something I've been meaning to talk about for quite a while, but uh, the powers that be have not wanted me to discuss this. Uh-oh. I'm going to go ahead and discuss it, and I hope we don't get taken off the air. But just to make sure. Does the message still have to make sure they can't block me? So I'm prepared properly. I got this to block all the signals up. Now, every year, it seems lately, the WWE releases a bunch of wrestlers. But why are they doing this? Well, ever since AEW came around, that's when he started doing it. Think about it. The forbidden door is now open. The Bullet Club is in AEW. What is the Bullet Club based off of? The NWO. So with all these free agents leaving WWE, Vince has started his invasion of the organization. Think about it. This talent is going to Impact. This talent is going to Ring of Honor. This talent is going to AEW. This talent is going to New Japan. That is why Vince is doing it. Vince has left the NWO out through the whole world. He's been playing the long game the whole time. The NWO will take over the whole world of wrestling. In fact, the NWO will even take over the Bullet Club. That's what this McMahon's end game has been the whole time. Are you ready for that truth, Brian? I am ready. Exactly. Now, before we move on to the rest of the discussion, let me go ahead and take this off. Here's what just in case. 
Now, let's get into our wrestling news discussion for the rest of the week. There's been a lot of uh, issues in the world with COVID-19 in particular. Uh, if it affects us, most likely we're going to discuss how it affects the wrestling industry. Obviously, you know, there haven't been a lot of live crowds or just limited capacities. Uh, and unfortunately, in America, our vaccination efforts are going much better than the efforts are going in Japan. In Japan, only, I think, 2% of people have been even had their first shot of a two-shot uh, vaccine. And they've recently had a huge outbreak of COVID in uh, Japan. As far as uh, New Japan's wrestlers, they had seven wrestlers test positive for COVID. Uh, they have not announced who exactly it was, but you can kind of draw your own conclusions, allegedly. So let's just let, just let Jimmy say that uh, we have not confirmed this is who it is. We're just going by uh, which wrestlers were removed, wrestling Dantaku Night 2. Uh, these wrestlers include Okada, Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, Yoshinobu, Kanemura, Sho, and Yo were removed from that uh, event. So it's believed those are the wrestlers do it that uh, have tested positive. But again, uh, this is not officially verified. This is just sort of uh, drawing your own conclusions, reading between the lines. In addition to those seven wrestlers, there's also four wrestlers who were kept off the show, so that might be due to contact tracing. Again, we haven't been able to confirm this, but like I said, that's kind of makes sense. That's, that, that, also, that brings the total of nine wrestlers who tested positive altogether. So they did recently cancel some shows that were planned for Yokohama on the 15th and on the Tokyo Dome for May 29th. So we wish all of those wrestlers, if they are the ones that do indeed have it, a speedy recovery. I hope that their uh, symptoms aren't uh, too bad. Uh, this is a terrible disease to have. Luckily, you know, the, the, the one bright side is a lot of people who get it don't experience serious symptoms. Unfortunately, the downside to that is that means a lot of people end up being exposed, and we don't know that they were exposed because if the person who's had it doesn't have symptoms, then we don't know if they had it. And then they can infect people who actually do become symptomatic. So that's the other problem with the, uh, the COVID issue. So, uh, again, we wish them all a good recovery and wish them the best. Hope they recover and uh, come back strong, not just for wrestling, but come back strong for their lives. So, uh, get any thoughts on that, Brian? Well, actually, I think you um, said it is um, perfect. Well, on a related note, uh, since you don't have anything to answer that, uh, Tommy Dreamer revealed on his House of Park Hardcore podcast he contracted COVID while he was in Alaska. Uh, he said he had like a 24-day experience with it so far. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. Four days ago, he said that it was day 24, so he's roughly 28, uh, probably 28 days or so into it now. Uh, he said he had very, very severe symptoms. He said he he admitted that he ended up doing this tour of Alaska for reasons. He wanted to check Alaska off his bucket list. So you can see he's wrestled in every state. He said he was uh, rewarded very handsomely financially for it. He said, there was a good financial deal for me, but it's going to have long-term effects on my health. So uh, as a general rule, if you get COVID, if there's a financial benefit uh, as far as something why you take the risk, if you do end up with COVID, if you have any sort of major symptoms, if that financial benefit is very likely wiped out. It didn't really work out uh, well for him. 
well, he said his family was exposed as well as far as uh, as of the reading of this four days ago. And this is uh, SE Scoop uh, providing information, uh, Ian Carey, four days ago. Uh, his family had not tested positive, I don't believe. So luckily, even though he technically knows they were exposed, as far as we know, they have not tested positive as of you know, information listed in this article. Uh, but he said, I'm on day 24. I've had three good days. It feels like you overcome it. And then it hit you all again. I tested positive on Thursday and already exposed my family. Thursday night, I was in so much physical pain. I literally said, I'm going to pee myself because I can't get up and walk to the bathroom. One night, I woke up crying and in pain. My elbows and hips felt like they were on fire. I've, and I've been on fire. It was a raging pain burning in both my elbows and hips. No matter how I turned, I lost use of both my arms. They were just hanging. I couldn't even dead. I had to stand for two hours against the wall. So, again, I know a lot of people are starting to let their uh, guard down. They're thinking, okay, cases are going down. It's not as serious now. Obviously, if you've been vaccinated, you can probably take a, a few less precautions. But that doesn't mean you still can't get it. Vaccinations are like something like 95% effective once you're considered fully vaccinated. There's still a 5% chance. So, with so many cases still out there, even though the numbers have gone significantly down, you're still at risk. Your family's still at risk. So that's the other thing. You know, if you get vaccinated, you still might be able to, you know, spread it and have less severe symptoms if you do get it. So uh, I know we've been all sort of like, you know, wanting to get this past us, but it's not completely past us. So don't don't trip at the, at the finish line. At least in America and a lot of, you know, some of the other more developed countries, we're, I think we're like 37% of Americans considered fully vaccinated at this point, at least as far as adults. We still got a ways to go. If you want herd immunity, we're looking at 79, 70 to 90% uh, vaccinated. Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't getting vaccinated. So if we don't get that 70 to 90%, there's still going to be these outbreaks. Again, uh, you might be protected. You got to make sure we want to get everybody protected before we can truly get back to normal. So that's something to keep in mind, you know. Don't just do it for you. There's other people that you might be exposed to that might not be protected yet. So still take your precautions, still wear your mask, or, or still at least socially distance, or some combination of all the above. Uh, wh what do you think about uh, Tommy uh, Dreamer's battle with COVID? Well, as being a fan of um, Dreamer, it's um, a to me just a lasting judgment that he used and um, I hold for pardon me, um, others in the um, business that that would be a lesson for them. Money means nothing when you got COVID. It's like money means nothing if you have um, a very severe illness or ailment. It only means one thing. It means you will have a slightly nicer bed in the hospital. So that's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, we will move on to our next topic for the evening. The date for SummerSlam has been revealed. Uh, it's kind of weird, though. We've got a date for SummerSlam. The date is Sunday, August 22nd. They still Ooh. have not decided the location, though. So, oh, gosh. I don't know why they would pick a date without actually having a location name. But... Uh, there are a few locations that they are considering. Phoenix, Arizona has been mentioned. Uh, Texas has been mentioned. And obviously, Florida is pretty much 
always an option due to the fact that, you know, they've been doing a Thunderdome stuff there. And stuff, but, uh, uh, it also, they, have, they haven't listed what the capacity will be yet. Obviously, if you don't know the location, you can't know what the capacity is going to be anyway. So, uh, it's believed that SummerSlam will be the first uh, start of WWE getting back to touring because WWE has mentioned previously they don't want to start touring and stop touring, start touring and stop touring. So once they go on the road, they want to be on the road full time. So hopefully we'll have enough people vaccinated and we will be on that herd immunity, herd immunity situation where they can actually go ahead and get this started and then it won't be a problem. Uh, related to that, AEW has announced their official start to live touring. Uh, they've already listed Miami, Austin, and Dallas as uh, various locations they're going to be hitting. Uh, the dates for the live shows are July 7th in Miami and July 14th Cedar Park, Texas, which is considered the Austin area. Uh, the Curtis Cowell Center in Garland, Texas, which is considered the greatest Dallas area. So, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They're looking at uh, early July, so just after July 4th starting to hit the road again. Uh, tickets for that will go on sale starting uh, this Friday, May 14th on AEWTix.com. That's AEWTix.com. So you get tickets for that. Tickets will be starting at 30 bucks. Obviously, uh, I don't get any money for this. I'm just uh, passing on the news to folks. So <laughs> I'm not advertising for people going to AEW shows, and I'm not arguing against it either. I'm just saying this is not a sponsored deal. We're just sort of announcing it as news. Just so anybody, if anybody had any questions in their mind about that. Um, hey, Brian, would you be ready to go to a wrestling show yet? No. Have you been, have you been uh, vaccinated yet? Uh, I got, I got my first one and um, the second one I, um, I'm scheduled for the 14th of this month. Okay. I am considered fully vaccinated. I was fully vaccinated as a May 4th. Star Wars Day, which to my weird uh, vaccination journey. I got my first shot on uh, 18th of March. That meant as of April Fool's Day, I was considered 80% vaccinated even on the first shot, and I had to wait another couple weeks. Uh, I got my uh, second shot on 420, and I'm considered fully vaccinated on Star Wars Day. So that is a that is a interesting collection of dates that I. Uh, if you look at holidays and sort of other pseudo-holidays. Um, I have been getting out a little bit more and doing things. I actually did a my first out-of-town show, and by out-of-town, I mean out of North Indiana. Uh, since COVID started, I did a show in South Bend this past Saturday. I still do try to socially distance uh, if I'm indoors. Like I said, uh, I still do wear a mask a lot. Like I said, I usually will take them off if I'm performing or whatnot, but I do try to still wear a mask if I want to be, you know, close to anybody. I won't take it off. I'm not going to be by people. Uh, but, again, like I said, at this point, 
being fully vaccinated, I'm doing it more for other people's protection of mine. Again, we mentioned, we've talked about this on the show before, but a mask is not the same as a filter. It's better to have a mask yeah. and not have a mask, but most of the protection of masks, when they're not, you know, the real, real strong ones are, they protect other people from you as opposed to you being protected from them. Now, both people when they're wearing masks protects people fairly well, but if only one person wearing not, the one wearing the mask is really doing a better job of protecting the person without the mask than vice versa. Again, um, I'm not going to harp on this too much. I just like you know, to share that information to say people who forgot or didn't didn't realize the first time what the importance of wearing the mask. So anyway, we hope uh, that uh, people you know don't end up you know dropping the ball on. But like I said, we were making such good progress. Unfortunately, a lot of people have sort of uh, slowed down on uh, getting the COVID shot, getting the vaccine. There's some states that are like just saying, yeah, we don't even want to get our full order because there's not enough demand for it. The, the other downside to not getting enough people vaccinated is the more people we get it, the more the uh, variants develop. That means, you know, the more people that get it, the more chances you have for that to happen. Some of these variants might, you know, get past the uh, vaccine. So that's the other reason to get vaccinated, to cut down on the risk of variants developing. The more people that get it, the more variants develop, which means more opportunities for the vaccine to work become less effective in the long term. So, anyway, uh, we've talked enough about COVID. I know it's a, I know it's a source of that we don't really want to talk about. It. We've been talking about it for over a year now, but again, we don't want if we want uh, wrestling to come back with live shows and touring, we gotta be we gotta continue to be safe. Otherwise, we're gonna end up with the start stop start nonsense. Anyway, let's talk about something happy. Uh, Jordan Grace recently signed a new deal with uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, she spoke about it on the Wrestling Perspective podcast. Uh, I love the opportunity that Impact is giving, but I was going to be a lot less money than what WWE would give me for Article Fair, and it would give me a lot less input character. So it just kind of depends on if I get older. And I feel like I need some stacks of money for retirement, then I think that's the that's the place I would probably go. So that was that was actually the comment she made before she signed her deal back in March. But she did recently sign the deal. So I hope she is uh making some good money with this deal. The financial terms of this particular deal doesn't look like they're stated. Let me let me check Pro Wrestling Illustrated because there's a link here. Let's see what Pro Wrestling Illustrated says about it. Nope, still don't see I still don't see the dollar amount. So. Although, as a general rule, it's not like a traditional pro sport. You usually don't get a full dollar amount for a lot of people anyway, other than like maybe your broadcasters and whatnot. Anyway, she signed the deal, so I hope she's happy. I hope she's able to make, you know, some good money. And then the other advantage, as opposed to WWE, you know, Impact, you do have a little bit more freedom. You have a little bit more options to work more places. So, uh, hey, Brian, if you had a chance to go for Impact, AEW, WWE, New Japan, which company do you think you would most likely to sign your deal with if you had the yeah. if you if you truly were a free agent and you had the option of going in, which would you go to? Uh me it would um honestly it would probably be um AEW. Now what what is your reasoning for that? Well think okay, thing is though, um okay, the one thing I like about AEW it Okay, 
they wrestle, but they take um, other people who probably wasn't A-listers, and they give them um, an opportunity. Perfect example, uh, Sean Spears. He, okay, at, okay, at best, he he would have been a big card in WWE. Now he's actually um, a part of um, a pivotal storyline, and um, I I believe that the Pinnacle is um what um is and could be one of the hotter things in uh, wrestling for the next uh, few months. I don't know how long it's gonna last though, but we already know um, MJF has. Um, that potential to be uh, one, uh, one of the best in that company. We know that uh, FTR, there's some good workers. They're not great on the mic, but they put on good matches. No one can question that. Blanchard, Blanchard's Blanchard. And he, um, okay, his resume speaks for itself. Now, the wild card would be Warlow. He's not a bad worker. He, he's not a bad worker. He's um, muscle. He's um, got that strong, silent demeanor. And that's where you got MJF and uh, Blanchard there. So he really don't have to do that much talking. It's kind of like uh, Mark Henry. You give him a few lines, it's good, but you really don't want him doing like a long trunk. I say Mark Henry was sort of that way earlier in his career. I think Later in his career, he did actually develop, you know, more personality, more mic skills. But there's a lot of talent that ends up sort of doing it that way. Uh, the Young Bucks really didn't do a lot of mic work when they were younger. Shawn Michaels, you know, wasn't that great on the mic when he was younger. So I think a lot of a lot of guys do end up developing more as they get a little bit older and they spend a little bit more time in business. Like Taz was a guy that when he first started didn't really talk a lot at all. He didn't even want to talk. But then, you know, Heyman sort of forced it out of him, and then next thing we realized, Taz was great on the mic. So sometimes I think it takes a little bit more maturity or just more experience in the business before you realize that you have that talent that either you didn't realize that you had, or it just took you a while to develop uh, the proper character or to get over the nerves that you might have had previously when you were speaking on the mic. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, I, if you're not lucky enough to be watching the. Uh, the Zoom or with the Zoom version of the show, the video version of the show, it was hilarious. Brian was doing his impression of John Cena because I could not see him for most of the last segment of him talking. Just as just as I, you know, was ready to mention it, he started scrolling himself back into the camera. We were just getting a picture of his, of his artwork in his background. That, that is pretty hilarious. Anyway, uh, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. I, if I had a chance, I would go to AEW. Like I said, part of the reason is like what George Grace mentioned. You have more input into your character. Uh, they, they will tend to let you keep your name and whatnot. I said, well, actually, we were having, we haven't really had a lot of guys leave AEW, but I just believe that you can have. I know with uh, Impact, they've officially said that you can take your intellectual property with you to go. Uh, I don't know if AEW is like that, but AEW does let you have more input into your character. So even if you didn't like. Even if you weren't able to take the name, you'd probably be able to take the personality a little bit more because you would have developed it a little bit more. So I would be more tempted to go AEW if the money was somewhat similar. Obviously, if there was like, you know, double or triple the money, and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars difference, 
then I might have to consider that the that WWE option a little bit more. But if I have an opportunity and it was like money was reasonably close, if I wanted to have a little bit more creative control, I'd be tempted to go to AEW, like I said. Plus, AEW seems to be rising as opposed to uh, WWE, which seems to be you know, sort of going the other direction. I, Raw has sort of had some of its record low ratings lately. Uh, AEW has had some of its record high ratings seems like a pretty big difference as far as how is that, that's working out. So I think AEW would definitely be the move to make if you have the option right now. So answer me this, though. Okay. Um, a little sad. Okay. So would that also include, um, I don't know, NXT then? When I say WWE, I include NXT. But NXT, if you're looking at like uh, the WWE experience, the only way you'd want to go to e- the NXT if you were just like a true, what I would call a true wrestling purist, where all you really cared about was the wrestling, that would be your reason to go to NXT because the money's not going to be as good. So that would be your place to go if you just wanted to wrestle and you just wanted to, you know, focus on that and focus a lot less on your character development. That is the move to make for you if you want if you want to be within a WWE family, but you didn't want to focus as much on the scripted promos and all that kind of stuff. Because they do seem to have a little bit more as far as uh, leeway as far as how long the matches are and that sort of stuff. But since I did mention uh, AEW ratings, uh, here's the uh, here's the AEW ratings from last week, and this is courtesy of Nielsen ratings from Showbuzz. Daily as well as WrestlingInc.com. Uh, this is the fourth Dynamite episode to be unopposed after WWE moved to t- WWE NXT moved to Tuesdays. Uh, NXT did 761,000 with a .18 rating in the 1840 demo. AEW viewership was up 22% from last week's show because uh, the prior week they were up against the president, so I figured they were going to be down that week anyway. But they only drew 889,000. That week for that show, however, Dynamite, the most recent edition, without having to go against the president, drew a .42 rating in the 18-49 demo. They ended up drawing just under 1.1 million viewers on TNT. Uh, actually, all things considered, total viewers, though, this is only the third uh, highest uh, rated of the four episodes since NXT moved. But the actual blood and guts match through the second best 18-49 demo in this race. And the other interesting thing is AEW was uh, top of the night in 18-49 demo within the cable's top 140, the top 150. Uh, so, and they were number four overall on cable altogether, including already. So, uh, Very, very interesting uh, viewing numbers. Uh, it's like uh, if they keep if they keep up the momentum, they could very well end up outdrawing Raw within a couple years if current trajectories hold. You know, because you know they're in the low millions. Raw has been in the high millions. So if Raw keeps dropping; they keep going up. It could very, very well go that other direction. Do you think it's possible that AEW will outdraw Raw any time in the next 
before before 2030. I'll say the next year. Uh, I believe that it's a um, I honestly I would go. Um, they have six a sixty percent shot at doing sixty percent shot in the next ten years. That do you think that would be like? Are you just saying for one week, or do you think on a somewhat regular basis? I'm 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 being um I'm being conservative, and I'm saying on a regular basis. It, um, at 6%, I, I think I'm being slightly conservative. There. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I think there's a, I think there's a, I think there's a good chance the next year they can out. I don't know if it would be regular, but I think there's a good chance they could do it within the next decade. So I, I, I'd say within the next decade, they do it at least once. I'm going to go 50 50. But the other thing is, I know they they tend to be more concerned about the young viewership. So if you look at young viewership, that eighteen to forty nine demo, I definitely think they can beat them in the eighteen to forty nine consistently. Now, overall viewership as uh, the rest of the rest of the wrestling fans die out, as far as the WWE fans since they're older. Uh, I don't know if that'll happen consistently, but the eighteen to forty nine, I think consistently can happen, and that's what they're focusing on. So the other thing is. You know, people who aren't in the business don't realize as much. The TV business, the 18 to 49 is where the money is. It's, you, you obviously want as many viewers as possible, but that's who the advertisers are really paying to reach. They figure the people over 49 are already sort of uh, decided what they're going to buy. They figure if you're 18 to 49, you're still a little bit pliable. You still could be consistent a little bit more. So, But anyway... Now that we've discussed some actual wrestling news, uh, let's go ahead and get into our predictions because WrestleMania backlash this week. Unfortunately, again, the downside since we switched to Monday is there'll probably be a few more uh, things that happen between now and then that might actually change our predictions. But right now we got five matches listed for WrestleMania backlash. Of course, I'm going to say right off, WrestleMania backlash is a stupid name. They're trying to capitalize off the regular WrestleMania name. Nobody takes that seriously. <laughs> This is backlash. I know you want to try to capitalize off the money of this WrestleMania, but we're not following. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, go with these matches. I'm going to look at the list real fast and see what order I think they're going to have. I'm assuming that Roman Reigns is going to be the main event, so I'm going to start from the top and work our way down. We got a match. Triple threat match for WWE Championship. We got Bobby Lashley, the champion, with MVP versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman. Uh, who do you got in this match? Um, Lashley to retain. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Uh, I think they've been listening a lot in the Bobby Lashley thing. They, they decided to break up the Hurt business. So I don't think WWE would go through the effort of building up Lashley breaking up the Hurt Business because they wanted him on his own as opposed to with the group and then go ahead and drop the belt off him already, especially when it took him so it took him damn near 20 years to get it in the first place. So I think they're going to ride out Bobby Lassie for a while and, and see how that works out. So we're in agreement there. Next, we got a singles match for WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. We got Bianca Bella as a champion versus Bailey. Who you got? Uh, I'm going with Bianca. 
Any reason in particular? Uh, honestly, um, I I don't I don't see it making any sense for her to have the big WrestleMania moment, for her to um, have the uh, Royal Rumble moment, and then just for her just to um, lose, granted, to a worthy opponent. But I don't see them doing a um, Sasha Banks one. I have to agree with you. Like I said, that that was the same thing. That was the same uh, logic I was going to go with. So you said it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go over it. Next, we got a triple threat match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. We got Rhea Ripley, the champion, versus Asuka versus Charlotte Flair. And actually, that tells us something because I I was not even I had forgot that she won it. I don't even remember her winning it. Looking back, I think that was one of the things that was on in the background when I wasn't paying that close attention. So I think it just sort of happened. I didn't realize that she won it. <laughs> but apparently, Rhea Ripley is a champion, <laughs> and I was not even aware of that. So uh, congratulations to Rhea Ripley, I guess. Uh, who you got, Rhea Ripley, Oscar, Charlotte Flair? Uh, Rhea uh, Ripley is going to retain the title. <sighs> This is, this is a, like you could legitimately make an argument for any one of these three having the belt after this match. Charlotte Flair, she's always a threat. Uh, Asuka, you know, they've done a good job at least the last couple of years of, you know, keeping our character strong and seeing serious reign. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with Rhea Ripley retaining. Next, we got a tag team championship match. Uh, SmackDown tag team championship. We got the Dirty Dogs, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Champion versus Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. Who you got? Dirty Dog. Finally, a split here. I'm going with Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. It would, I believe, this would be historic for WWE to have father and son tag team champions. They've, just, they've done a good job of keeping Rey Mysterio's character relatively strong. Dominic Mysterio has done a great job in the ring and improving. Like, it was weird. Like, the first match, I didn't think he was good, but every match after that, he was very, very good in the ring. So I thought maybe, I guess maybe it was just, maybe he was, maybe was nervous that first match or whatever else, but he's looked good in every match I've seen him after his first match. I think this would be a nice, historic, sort of fun thing for them to do. And I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio actually pull off the win, become the new SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, champ. So we got a one disagreement. So I guess this might end up being the tiebreaker to determine who does the better job picking the matches, depending on the results for our last pick. We got a singles match for the WWE Universe Championship. We got Cesaro challenging Roman Reigns the champ with Paul Heyman. Who you got? The head of the table, Roman Reigns. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm actually was kind of surprised they did finally push Cesaro up to the main event status and actually let him compete for this thing, the, the major singles championship. But I just don't think there's any way they're taking the belt off of him. <laughs> I just don't see it happening, especially not to Cesaro. They've done a you know a decent job sort of build, trying to build him up the last few months. But I don't see them having built him up enough to the point where it would make any sort of sense to have him keep on the rings right now. On one of their quote mediocre pay-per-views. If you were going to have Cesaro finally, you know, beat up, you thought you were really going to have to be the true main eventer, top guy. You want to do that at a major pay-per-view? 
I don't okay. Think, um, well, I think they build them up. I don't think they build them up nearly enough to them. Sorry, what, what, what okay. It's it's a um it's a good statement you made with that. So if if they're gonna do that with Cesaro and they would give him the universal title, which pay per view? Well, obviously, I don't think they're going to wait to. Uh, if they were going to do it, I don't think they'd be like if they were planning on doing it right now. I don't think they'd wait all the way to WrestleMania next year. You think they'd either want to do it? They'd probably want to do it SummerSlam. Uh, and by the way, SummerSlam is for a lot of fans considered at the WrestleMania for true wrestling fans, as opposed to WrestleMania being the sort of uh, WrestleMania or more mainstream thing. So SummerSlam would be the perfect place to do it if you're going to do it. Because again, Cesaro's probably you know a little bit more liked among the uh, internet wrestling community, among you know sort of main core base of wrestling fans, that sort of segment. Obviously, Roman Reigns has finally gotten over, I think, with, you know, the internet wrestling community with his head at the table giving. I think, you know, he's, you know, changed a lot of minds regarding that. But uh, I think still among purists, just, they would still like to see Cesaro get a run if he hasn't really had a, that major singles run. So, I think if you're going to do it, SummerSlam would be the place to do it. Because really, even though we call the WWE Big Four pay-per-views, we call them WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series. Survivor Series has not been a, quote, major pay-per-view in years. So really, well, it's, big, not, it's, really it's really the big three at this point. Well, I'm, I'm, I, may, I may have to disagree with you on the Survivor Series now. The only and the only reason I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you with the asterisk is only because not last year. Last last year I okay I will give you that, but the year before when they actually had NXT in uh, Survivor Series, that was worth watching. No, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not even commenting on the quality of the match. I agree with you. That was. There was a nice wrinkle to it, especially that they sort of, you know, elevated NXT albeit rarely to right. be a crow equal brand with the other two. And that was actually that was probably the best Survivor series and going going back to the the Hogan nice. era as far as when you yeah. were the leading teams on that. That was definitely an interesting pay a great pay per view. The whole Raw versus SmackDown thing to me is stupid and is a waste of time. I don't enjoy that. And I even before that, I haven't really cared about the, quote, elimination matches most of the time going back probably at least a good 20 years. Because that used to be the thing where they really they really made you feel excited. You, when, when you had like, if you had maybe Hogan on one side and Andre on the other side, then it, it seemed like a big deal. You know? It hasn't seemed like that sort of big deal in a while because you haven't really had like uh, Austin you know, versus the Rockets a big team or something like that in a while, you know. You would need something like that to make it truly feel important again. So it hasn't felt important. This Raw versus SmackDown thing is not working. Although, again, like you mentioned, Raw versus SmackDown versus NST made it seem like a big deal then when you had sort of three options. You had the sort of upstart trying to crack their way through the door. So, yeah, that did feel good. But to me, you can't just have it sort of bounce back up one year 
and have it be, you know, important again as far as being a major four pay per view. It, it hasn't been a major four pay per view in a long time. But yeah, to recap, I do think Roman Reigns is going to win. And I think that about covers it for this week. You got any uh, moves you want to discuss in the world of wrestling before we get out of here? Um, okay. Um, at, um, actually, this will be more for next week because it, it, it's kind of um, it, it's kind of long. But um, I I just I just go with this though. Okay. Now, um, as we talked about wrestlers being released. Um, I guess we can pick this up next week. Okay. Who should go where and why? Okay. I guess that would be interesting. Uh, don't forget to send me a message. Another one's on. We'll forget. Send me a message in our, in our little no problem. Uh, VLC chat and we'll discuss the wrestlers that haven't signed, at least the ones that haven't signed yet, where they should go. So I think that about covers it for this week. You've been listening to Wrestling With Problems on VOC Nation. Don't forget to uh, hit that subscribe button for VOC Nation's channel on uh, your various podcast platforms. Uh, be sure to like King David Comedy with a K. King David Comedy with a K on most major social media platforms. King David Lane on most social media platforms. Also, Disposable Improv, as well as uh, Wrestling With Problems on Facebook. And, of course, follow Brian at BrockBizzle on Twitter. That's at BRO. C-K-E-Z-A on Twitter. You've been listening to Wrestle With Problems. Thanks for listening. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room. Featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrator's Frank Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro, both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Dangerous Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. 
So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW slash Throw Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.